the expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Robers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Hi, I'm Kyle Meredith, and I host an interview series called Kyle Meredith With, where I talk to legendary musicians, up-and-coming artists, and whatever that is in between. I dive deep into the making of new albums, stories behind songs, but also things like how is Moby connected with the CIA and did the Decembrists really thank Robert Mueller in their liner notes and seeing which band I can get to reunite. Will it be Zeppelin, Genesis, Roxy Music or Pavement? You've got to listen to find out. It's Kyle Meredith with from WFPK Independent Louisville and the Consequence Podcast Network. Consequence Podcast Network. Hey there, pod people. This is Engineer Adam, and this is This Must Be the Gig, your backstage pass to the world of live music and performance. Unfortunately, your intrepid host, Lior Phillips, is on a plane currently on our way to Iceland Airwaves, bringing you even more incredible conversations and coverage from the magical world that is Iceland. And uh, I'm here solo, just giving you the intro by my lonesome. But anyway, uh, I won't belabor it. Let's get to the conversation this week. Lior chats with two-thirds of the incredible outfit Dream Wife. Lior had an incredible chat with Alice and Bella talking about opening for former heroes, learning from Shirley Manson of Garbage, and also meeting with fans before shows, uh, particularly women and non-binary identifying artists to really encourage and find out more about the communities that they live in. Uh, just incredible stuff, really inspiring. Let's just listen to it. This is Lior, Bella, and Alice of Dreamwife. Enjoy! Hey, you've got Alice here and also Bella. Hello. 
Hi guys. So I hear that Raquel is, is sick or having some vocal issues. Yeah, no, she's she's got a silent silent day right now. Oh. She's trying to rest her voice. Okay, well that's much more important than speaking to little old me. So thank you so much <laughs> for for taking the time, both of you, to no to chat. Where are you at the moment? We're in Aarhus at the moment in Denmark. Okay. Um yeah, we came from Amsterdam, so it was a bit of a drive today. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to not be in the van anymore. I'm sure. I read somewhere that your first tour of Canada w- was on megabuses rather than your own van. Was that true? Yeah, yeah. We we spent a couple of nights on on the megabus and the Greyhound and stuff like that. Was that just because it was the most affordable, economical, everything all together? <laughs> I mean, I think it was a thing like when we started this band out, that, that first tour of Canada, it was kind of just us seeing if we could do it. And mm. Raquel kind of had friends out there. We had a few friends out there. And it was it was kind of reaching out to friends and seeing what was possible, really. It was all kind of, I think, a lot more fun than we expected. And yeah, it, kind of yeah, sleeping on mega buses on friends' sofas and stuff. But mm. Yeah, it was kind of like this adventure and I think we got back from that and it was like, wow, that was so much fun. Let's see what else we can do kind of thing. But yeah, I don't think we expected it to be that way, but it was just, yeah, an adventure on Megabuses for sure. <laughs> and and things have obviously shifted a lot over the last few years. I shot you guys in Iceland a few years ago and wrote about you for Dazed and Confused. It was right as you entered the scene and people started talking about you and seeing you and just watching how your live performance and live show has shifted but not as much as you'd think like I feel like you came out with as much fire as you have at the moment tell me from both of you I suppose how how do you find uh, performing now as opposed to when you were first starting out I mean, when you saw us, did we have like a drum machine? I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, <laughs> that was a really long time it's ago. Kind of from the off, I think we've kind of always known it's it's been a rock show in a sense. I think it was kind of almost that kind of latigraphy, actually, where it, mm. it does have these real kind of punk elements, kind of grunge elements. But I think it's kind of carried that through to like actually being like a really well-oiled engine is a live band right now with with Alex Pavley our drummer um but it's kind of yeah it's been kind of figuring that out along the way I suppose you know since you saw us it's been a while of kind of yeah trying trying and testing things and seeing what worked in a in a live environment so Mm. it's kind of all come to this point of especially with our album we released obviously at the start of this year it's it was about getting that live sound down but it was through kind of doing these like early tours and figuring out like oh we've run out of like like rhythm tracks on this drum machine I guess we better like think about like trying a drummer or like I think it all kind of naturally happened in this kind of really organic raw live way actually the the whole kind of realization of the sound since I guess you saw us but yeah kind of where we're at now it's been a year of touring and stuff and I think yeah it feels like we're a kind of well-oiled machine at this point (laughs) oh I was just gonna say it's been kind of fine-tuning things and one of the things that we were kind of talking about recently that is maybe different now is we don't Mm kind of mess up our bodies so thoroughly all the time like I used to have these crazy black blood blisters on the end of my fingers that were just Mm. there constantly and Alice would just kind of rip her fingers to shreds every single show and that doesn't really happen anymore like when (laughs) when you're playing 160 shows in a year like you yeah you can't you can't do that to yourself every night how do you how do you stop yourself from from going to that level and going 
going as far I as that. We, we, we were saying that it feels like the show is as rocking as ever. I don't, mm. yeah, I guess it's just figuring out how to kind of fine tune those little movements so they kind of don't cause too much damage. Yeah, I think you kind of do naturally build resilience to it. But mm. as well, it's like stuff like just even kind of memories. And we still do get it now. Kind of after shows, like the next day, you'll kind of be like almost feeling like you've kind of got whiplash or something. And it's like a thing <laughs> of like in preparation, just sleeping better, eating better, trying to stretch out before a show. I think just, yeah, trying to treat our bodies with respect to kind of perform in the way we want to be able to every night. I think that's actually really important to us and yeah, yeah, another thing we've kind of figured out as we've as we've gone along really. And it's I suppose it's difficult to balance that as well because you want to take care of your body and take care of yourselves, but also you're very exhausted and also overwhelmed and excited. So I can only imagine it's all the feelings all at once. So how do you how do you really have that balance, especially when you mentioned Bella 160 shows? How do you then have that balance and make sure that you're checking in with yourself and your body and making sure you're stretching and just really taking care of yourself? I mean, the thing is, is the thing of getting into good routines rather than bad routines. And I think it, when you're touring and stuff and it's like there are drinks around, I think it's, it's too easy for bands to just get into unhealthy routines I think you're always in a routine on tour because there is this kind of structure to things it's like you're in a van for a lot of the day and then you're kind of released and you have like this energy but you're also kind of feeling lethargic it's touring is just weird and I think to find routines in that that you benefit from rather than feel kind of reductive to your mission in some sense I think it's been us figuring that out but yeah it's not it's kind of like hard to keep that up too when you are tired but I think you just have to it is kind of finding the space to like stop and kind of ask yourself what's the kindest thing I can do for myself mm. and kind of within the the confines of what you can physically do while you're on tour so yeah it's, a, it's an endless juggle but I think we're getting better at it I've spoken to so many different bands who've who are either legacy bands and or starting out and everyone has the same challenge so I don't think it's necessarily I, I like the word routine I think that that's a, the operative word in this in this conversation just because I think that getting one is very hard as it as it is so the fact that like that is something that you strive for is really inspiring and I think that other bands hearing this as well also might you know feel a little bit of comfort in that so it's definitely doable but how do you feel the energy of your crew and the team that you have do you feel like they help a lot in in keeping you on track I mean yeah it's like a thing where maybe yeah yeah again harking back to you know whenever you saw us at airwaves it it was just us us three and mm. now it's like we have this amazing team like we have an amazing sound person and tour manager and yeah now we have our drummer Alex as well and our friend has come with us as well to help out and it's this thing I think building this crew around us of people we trust in that believe in this thing and it's about kind of I think the balance of everyone's energies it's like it's not like everyone always has a good day on the same day or it's like you kind of keep each other afloat and I think it's a really strong team but yeah it's kind of tour is just hard as well and I think yeah it's just about giving each other space when you need it but I think it's about mm. listening to each other and communicating and and yeah that isn't always easy either it's it's always like this thing of I think just finding the balance again but I think yeah we're lucky to have such a, a great team around us right now. Is there a 
a show that you've played that was really the craziest show? You talk about blood blisters and things like that. Is there any show in the past year <laughs> that is one notch above the blisters? Like it wins something one maybe from the crowd. <laughs> that should be my the name of my book. I'm going to call that. This is that. That's the name of this episode. One notch above yeah. the blisters. Um, <laughs> so, is there anything that's happened during a show that you are still? If you think about it, it's still it's crazy that it happened, whether that's a positive thing or something that really you want to forget. And I'm selfishly bringing it up again. Is there any is there any live show that you remember the most? It's it's like it is a really hard question because it's like I feel like this year has been entirely like playing live shows for most of the year. Mm. But I think it's like it's kind of maybe the obvious thing to say. But for instance, like on this tour we're on right now it's like we just played in Brighton and then we, we played in London the night after. And I think playing shows where it's kind of like we've been away and you're kind of touching base mm. in these kind of, it felt kind of like homecoming kind of vibes really with those, those two shows. But that's obviously special in a way that is like, you feel like you can touch base with these people that have supported you from the start. And mm. that's obviously, obviously going to be special kind of thing. I mean, I think it's really hard to summarize because I think this whole year, honestly, since the album's come out, every show has been, incredibly special getting to share share this music with everyone like um yeah we got to we got to go out to japan to play um summer sonic festival earlier this year as well and and that was obviously special in this way of like we we've been wanting to go to japan forever so it was a real dream come true but Mm. it's it feels like every day there's surprising amazing things and every crowd is different and i think when you're connecting with people um i think in the way of like people just definitely kind of get the vibe i think especially since the album came out people have people know the songs and it's just special every night in different ways and i think it's just i think we have a major gratitude for all of that actually and i think we want to acknowledge that as a band in terms of the support we do get from our fan base every night it's yeah it's always special Mm. but yeah i think yeah it's really hard to summarize this stuff. I know it's a difficult question. I just think sometimes, yeah. of course, there's one that will pop out. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about Japan. I know I made a verbal, uh, ecstatic, uh, little bit of a <laughs> ah, um, when you said that. Just because I think that a lot of people, I'm, when they when you say that you play in Japan, they have an image about you know what that performance could be about or what the place looks like but how was it for you if that's something that you've wanted to do for a long time how how was that I mean I think it was a it was a dream come true for all of us and it yeah it felt like it was something that we'd been dreaming of doing as a band for a really long time as well um so yeah Summer Sonic was we played two festivals one in Tokyo and one in Osaka and um, they had really different kind of energies to both of them. Like in Tokyo, it was enormous. We played at 11 o'clock in the morning. We thought there wouldn't what? be anyone there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and it was completely silent before we walked on stage. Like there was no sound. So we were like, okay, this is fine. We've come all this way, but like, we're going to have a great time regardless. But there were maybe 7,000 people there or something. Wow. <laughs> like it was a 10,000 capacity room and it looked completely full. People really listened and there was something kind of really, yeah, attentive about the way the way people kind of experienced music there. But in, in Osaka, um, we were playing in this football, no, it was a baseball stadium. Yeah, and people had like, it was a bit kind of wilder and people had these like moves. They were kind of teaching us moves to our <laughs> own songs. And that was really cool. 
<laughs> yeah, it was it was incredible. Wait, so you said that everybody was silent before you got onto the stage. Did the silence continue or what, how did it, were they just waiting they, respectfully? They'd, they'd cheer at the end of the songs, but it would be, it'd be very quiet from the crowd during the songs. Oh my gosh, that must, I mean, that's a stark contrast to playing around the rest of the world, which you have just done. That's really bizarre. Had any other bands told you what to expect? From playing in Japan, any friends um, and bands who had been there before? I mean, I think I'm not not like in particular. I think it was it was mostly just like it would be amazing, rather than maybe that particular thing about like playing <laughs> to a Japanese crowd. But yes, yeah, I think it was this this major thing of respect. It fe- really feeling that from a crowd and like yeah, like Bella said, kind of people really listening and yeah, I think it was yeah a completely different experience to. To, any, to playing anywhere else but but everywhere is in that way and I think yeah this year it's been an honour to be able to take the music out to so many different to different places for sure and you have such an intense connection I feel with your fans even at that talking about that first show that that I shot a few years ago it, even people who didn't know your music were just throwing themselves at the stage it was the best <laughs> it was the best thing and it's so palpable also from social media and from videos so what is it really inspired that in you are you both fans at the core and that seeps into how you interact with the fans of your music or was it how how natural is it how how natural and easy does it feel I mean, I think it's just a thing where, like, we are just having, like, a really good time when we play. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. it's like a thing I, I, we kind of say, like, we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we, we take our music seriously. And I think it's a thing where, like, you kind of, I think with a, with a crowd that maybe doesn't know you, I think when you kind of, you almost break the ice, I think, if it's just like you're kind of, like, kind of going out, like, just full throttle, I think, just having a good time. I think, I think it, it is infectious. I think if you're kind of freaking out on stage, I think everyone else feels like they can freak out a little bit too. And I think that by the end of the show, it's like, I think, yeah, it's, it's amazing that feeling. I think when you, you can see you've kind of won people around in this quite like physical way, like kind of by the end, yeah. everyone's like <laughs> these like really weird shapes and stuff. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it's always like special when that happens, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's just, honestly, I think it's just like, we, we do have a really great time when we play together and there is a chemistry as a band that, I think there's just an energy there and it's it's like like I say we're always grateful to be able to like play our music like probably like most of the nights this year it's it's been like a journey in that sense but yeah it's yeah it's just super fun and I hope everyone else can feel that but I think it's it's obviously it's like we're trying to address things in a bigger sense too in terms of like I think like women's issues I think the inclusion of like female identifying non-binary people in in the music industry as well um like recently um on this recent like uk leg of the tour where we're still on um we we held these panels like these meetups before our shows um which included like female identifying non-binary people from the industry that could be like people in management people in bands people that want to be in bands and and people also just coming down that just really like music and want to come down to shows and it was about kind of fostering a sense of community I think and us trying to practice what we preach like I think like we say it's like I think we're used to engaging with an audience through music and and finding that connection together but I think when you kind of sat down and it's like verbalized and and you are like in a room together it, it, it just the fact that's happening I, I think I think meant something to people and yeah that was a, a really great thing I'm I'm really proud we did that and it felt like yeah like kind of practicing what we what we preach in a sense that yeah it is special I think the the conversation we're trying to have with our fan base in that way 
So how do you how do you communicate that there's going to be that meetup before your shows? How do, do you just put that out onto social media or is it just a word of mouth? I mean, it was through our social media, but it was people that would have tickets to the show. Okay. Uh, and it was kind of groups. I think one night we, I mean, Manchester, we had like, it was kind of probably maybe over 30 people. But other nights it was kind of, we had 20 people and it was, it was really great actually with the slightly smaller groups that people really opened up and we did like this thing where we'd kind of lay like blankets out on the floor and we'd just sit in a circle and there was a real like it felt kind of like an intimate space where people did want to share as well and yeah I think the fact it was kind of happening yeah meant something to people and yeah everyone kind of wanted to engage with that and it was it was really cool kind of there were times when like there was uh like let's say there was someone there that kind of put nights on and there were people that wanted to put a night on that they would kind of connect through that and end up putting like making something happen in this place where these these people live where maybe there wasn't so much happening and I think it was this thing of yeah like I said fostering a sense of community and trying to bring these people together and I I think as well us touching base with the places we're playing it was a really great way to kind of get a sense of the scene and what's happening there and how is it for female identifying non-binary musicians in these places and yeah encourage people to meet up through that as well I, I think yeah when it was like we were playing the show and you see all, all these faces in the mosh pit of people that you've been chatting to earlier it was it was really great hopefully people have kind of made made friends through that as well mm. and fostering obviously a, a feeling that, that feels meaningful for you will definitely spread to the people around you so even just hosting something like that and letting people sit around and really feel as though they are part of a community but also not a I feel like sometimes it feels so forced when brands do it or, you know, certain people try and host these things. So the fact that you guys, that is exactly what you believe in, it sounds like you're genuinely curious as well to figure out and connect and see what's actually going on as opposed to just speaking about the issues like everybody does and dilutes the situation. And that's really wonderful and really different. You know, nobody really takes the time to do that. They just get in, play and then leave. Um, so the fact that you're doing that is such an inspiring and beautiful thing. Do you, do you feel like you've learned a lot from just chatting to people around you and, and maybe they've squashed some misconceptions you've had about the issues? I feel like it, it's been more kind of getting insights into the different cities that we've been playing in and, um, the different kinds of people, like the, the way the meetups kind of went in different places was were very different um depending on the people that came to them we really kind of allowed it to be Mm. directed by the people that were there so in some places it was conversations around um kind of diy local music scenes and kind of specific problems within those communities in other places it was just talking about going to gigs and how how great it was going to gigs and stuff um and Alice's grandmother came to the one that we did in Nottingham. Um, Amazing. The fabulous Ray Ashmore. And she had, she had some really incredible insights. Um, what it was she, really interesting. Could she, you, could to, you share anything that she, that she said or, or shared with the group? Is there anything that, that you want to share? I mean, she, she started out with quite a funny question asking like, well, if you're not all here chasing fame, then what's in it? And I think, <laughs> I think that like, it was kind of interesting, I think in that way of like maybe a generational take on what the conversation was surrounding like what your position in music could be or all the different avenues. I think it was, it was kind of cool because it opened up like, well, there are so many different reasons people would 
listen to music or connect through music or there's so many different places in music in that way it, me- it means all these other things and I think it was it, yeah I think just having this kind of other other take on things was from a from a whole different generation and yeah, it was kind of interesting but she was saying stuff about I mean when she was younger it was kind of like you know people didn't tour and things were much more localized and I think you know she I think the whole idea of touring to her still is kind of alien actually in in a sense or like I don't know what her comprehension of it would be in that way of like she was saying about when she was younger and it it just was a different world in that way and and she was kind of saying she admired us all in this I think in this way of of kind of actually kind of touching base with each other and yeah I think I think yeah she was she was kind of proud of it all I think but yeah it was very interesting to get this kind of other generational take on on kind of like yeah what what gig what gigs are what gig culture is and that you know that just didn't exist when she was younger it's so amazing I love that she arrived and and she was so supportive I think that that's and and seeing that generational divide and and how and how different perceptions can uh, be across across the board even even just from somebody who's not even in the industry um, it, it's still it's still so meaningful. Well, I wouldn't say completely. She's not in in the industry because she yeah. actually rocked out with us that night on stage. Oh, she did. <laughs> oh my god! I was thinking like, yeah, I wonder yeah. if she's in, was in a band. Oh wow! She, yeah, she, she came up. Okay. She came up to uh, to help us out with the um, bad bitch interlude during oh, FUU. So great. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I guess that was a special moment in a show, actually. I think it was really funny after the show, like everyone wanted Mama's autograph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you stand but, back. Yeah, um, Excuse me, you stand yeah, back. Yeah, it was I really great your... to have her there. And I think, yeah, <laughs> like you say, kind of, yeah, a very interesting kind of take on things in the in the general conversation we were having, which, yeah, I think it was, it was really interesting actually in the, in the chats, the meetups we were doing, the kind of the younger generation and kind of getting an insight into how it is like being at school, say like as a non-binary person and, and like the kind of experience of that. And a lot of things that I think maybe, you know, we, we didn't know so much about in terms of like, you know, it's not like we're like 16. I think there's, there's a whole other conversation happening. I think the kids are like really wise stuff. And it was like really, really like, I think inspiring actually to see like this younger generation that were kind of clued up in this way that, they were figuring it out for themselves and like I think it's like I think the kids are all right (laughs) (laughs) I do too but especially opening up a conversation you're already doing something that other people don't do and I think especially when we were all younger it was always like you are the adult you are the child the child doesn't speak if the adult is speaking you know and there was a certain divide there as to who should be at the forefront of 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 a revolution of ideas of creativity and i think now the younger generation that is exactly who we should be listening to constantly and always should have been listening to for all these years um so the mm-hmm. fact that you're opening up that platform already is is something that other people find maybe a challenge with you know some people are quite Mm-mm. they they're they're more traditional in their ideas but if you don't speak to people about what they're going through those are your fans those are people that are supporting you i can't imagine how you can really own your art and own what you believe in if you aren't opening up like that yeah you know? i think it just it just kind of feels like this natural progression i think from the conversation we were already having with people to be honest i think yeah, yeah it felt it felt like a very natural thing in yeah je- definitely this kind of feeling of like and as well with like our call out for um 
uh, support uh, submissions for uh, our recent, like the tour on now, our world mm-hmm. tour mm-hmm. in America, Europe, and the UK as well. It it was like we got 433 submissions in a week, and it, it was wow. like a thing where this talent is there. Like it was a call out um, for female identifying non binary artists, basically. Um, and yeah, it was overwhelming the response we got. And yeah, with that as well, it was that and the meetups that we, we were just really like, why, why haven't we done this before? Why don't more people <laughs> yeah. do this? Like, it just felt really necessary the the further into this tour we've gotten kind of every night seeing this amazing support band that you've, you've been really excited about. I think it's, it's really changed this tour in the way of the, I think the feeling of engagement we have had with the places we've gone, it, it's felt really intimate actually in, yeah yeah really incredible actually and connecting in a way that i think i think uh, uh, many bands aren't able to connect because even though you're chatting over social media and posting videos and liking photos on instagram it's still nothing can beat actually sitting next to a living breathing thinking feeling human being next to you you know i think that that's something that exactly why we all go to watch shows and why i think yeah i think it's interesting i think it's interesting this kind of the parallels between like internet community and like real life community in the, in the, that physical way. I think, I think it's like with, with a show, with a, with a, like a rock show, a gig in itself is that kind of ha- that feeling of that happening in that kind of mm-hmm. real life sense of community. And in some way, I think it, that it's a powerful thing. And I think in this age of the internet, it's easy to forget those spaces exist sometimes or that you could find those spaces. So, or it feels like, I don't know, you can create communities it. exist in different ways but yeah. yeah exactly and i think with us in particular as a band i don't think this band could have existed in any other time in this way because of the way we do use the internet and we do use social media and we do mm. it, it, it's a facilitator for the real life happening and i think it, it's it's harnessing the power of online community and the conversations we can have through the internet and the way that can change how we even see ourselves in, in so many ways i think it's it's harnessing all of that power and I think for us, yeah, it was this kind of, yeah, practicing what we preach and, and putting that putting that through to real life and really making it happen in the moment and in that way, I think. And yeah, it, it really does matter in this day and age, I think, for sure. I kind of want to say thank you because I think that there's a, a genuine authenticity to, to actually owning your art and really bringing it to the people and making sure that you're connecting and finding things out as opposed to just singing about these things because other people are singing about these things. And so I really do appreciate what you are all doing. I think it's uh, it's definitely needed. And I can't, I think that it's just the beginning. I can't imagine what else you are going to do with this uh, platform that you have, you know? Um, but what, so what do you think needs to change then, in, in especially within the DIY scenes and just just amongst the people that you spoke spoke to? What do you think I mean, needs to change? I think, yeah, again, like we said, I think the fact that we did that and that happened, that is part of, I think it's, it's about continuing the conversation, up, upholding that conversation and continuing, like, fostering like real life community in that way I think remembering that that's there and not letting not letting this conversation drop I think it's like like we always say about like the the waves of conversational movements it's like I think of I think it's upholding that conversation in whatever sense whatever wave like comes next I think it's upholding that conversation in a way that feels like progressive positive and everyone together in that I think it's about everyone being on board with this conversation and like it's yeah it's it's a big 
topic, isn't it? But I think for us, it's just about like addressing things face to face and trying to understand from as many different perspectives as we can. Actually, I think it's about respecting like people's stories and what people have to say in the places we go to. And we just are genuinely interested in that, I think. And yeah, about opening the conversation up as well. I think to men as well that want to come down to the panels, it's about everyone getting involved. And yeah, I think it's yeah, it felt, it felt like a really positive thing. But yeah, I think it's it's just genuinely about upholding that and continuing that and people growing together through that and learning together through that and changing minds through that. <laughs> so many, so many things. <laughs> I totally agree. And I think that it's a lot to unravel and it will unfurl as the years go on. But the only way yeah, to exactly. do that exactly. is to continue the conversation in the best mm-hmm. way possible, which is what you're doing through your music and through these these little panels and chats and social media. Talk to me a little bit about your first experiences with live performance. Do you want to just chat to me quickly about the first shows that you both got to experience when you were younger? Well, with me and Bella, we grew up in the English countryside in southwest England in Somerset, which is kind of a Glastonbury festival, I guess. Yes, um, okay. But it was it was kind of like... I guess there wasn't really that much to do. We we actually met at Midsummerset Battle of the Bands. Like our bands oh, were wow. playing, and okay. we were kind of in. I guess you'd say they were both punk bands, really, with me. <laughs> Fierce August was punk, <laughs> punk in its own way, you know. We were kind of in these kind of like I don't know, like DIY bands, really. But it was like I think proto DIY. <laughs> but I think it was like for me and Bella meeting. We met through music exactly, and it was definitely. Uh, you know I felt isolated I didn't really have that many people that were like people I would say were like that close to me or understood mm. me and I think it was like seeing someone at a show and being like hey who is this freak like let's <laughs> like like let's hang out this this person seems really fun and like seems like my person you know what I mean and I think it was like that feeling of really music did bring us together and I think although the shows weren't it was like kind of standard like guy alternative bands like we were kind of the freakiest of the bunch really but I think it was a thing where I think we've, from the start of our relationship, acknowledged music's ability to bring people together. And I think it because it brought us together, I think it's, it's definitely that feeling from the start in our relationship, really. But early kind of shows for me, it was it was just sort of that, like shows in pubs. It was like a, it was like a small seaside town that I lived in. And yeah, there weren't weren't really bands that came through. So it was kind of, yeah, it wasn't really till I moved to Brighton where I guess we met Raquel, um, that I really went to that many shows that were like, it was more just shows that I was like playing with these kind of DIY bands really. But right. I guess you, you you went up to Bristol, didn't you, be to some shows? My first show, my mum took me to see Green Day when I was 12. <laughs> it was really great. Oh my gosh. Um, when you were 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Thanks, mum. Yeah, cheers, mum. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. What did you and think? And I kind of grew up going to Glastonbury as well. That was kind of... Oh, right. Yeah, I went to Glastonbury for the first time when I was 12 as well, I think. Did you go with your family or... Yeah, they... yeah. It was okay. like 10 minutes from my parents' house. So, yeah, the first few years we used to go there and then like just go go home for bed. Um crazy. It was super muddy. Like we all got absolutely head-to-toe drenched. <laughs> and there were like four kids in my family, so it was quite quite a lot. Are your folks in music as well? Or did they just really want to have you experience that? Uh, my mum plays the flute. Okay. And 
my dad I think wishes he was um, <laughs> like so much like he loves it he loves it but he, he doesn't do it um, but Alice's dad actually drummed on our EP oh yes so okay here's a little secret okay here's Ooh. a secret <laughs> um so my dad used to go by the name Troy Corner Okay. And he used to play in this band called the Swinging Cats, who were like kind of part of the Coventry two tone scene. Uh, yes. I think yeah. they, I think they like once went on tour with the specials. Like they were, yeah. It was actually, it's actually really funny because we just played in in Coventry Library, um, in yeah, like just now when we were touring the UK, and that used to be a venue called Tiffany's, which my dad played at back in the day with the Swinging Cats. Oh my god! And we like did a call out in the um at, at Coventry Library, like, hey, does anyone remember this band? And it was like a few a few people put their hands up, and it was like <laughs> I think he met a few people at that show that he hadn't seen in like years. <gasps> that maybe the last time they met was at this venue when it when it wow. wasn't a library when it was Tiffany's. So I thought that was that was a really funny little kind of blast from the past, kind of regarding my dad's like history music really the other day at Coventry Library and I love how like usually people are connecting over like Facebook after 20 years of like not yeah. knowing and then you are connecting in, in real life <laughs> yeah in this library at pre post Tiffany's that's amazing yeah, yeah, wow yeah yes. Raquel's family are kind of involved in theatre and, and music in a big way and I think for all of us it's it's been a thing we've been raised around in a way mm. that's it's just from a place of love kind of thing for sure what, what what was your what, your first show that you saw? It was the Battle of the Bands. It was like shows around in Burnley. Right. Okay. Around, so no like, no like big but, big artists that but you no, travelled really, to. It wasn't like big bands. I'm trying to think that. I mean, it was like this is another strange thing because I remember when we when me and Bella first moved to Brighton, we went to see a band called Stables, who are like still to our day one of our favourite bands, and yeah. we've actually had the honour of like supporting maybe five times now in new york and in the uk and yeah they're just our faves but we went to see them play at concord too when we kind of first moved to um moved to brighton and i I remember thinking like like that was probably the biggest show i'd seen at that point maybe and i remember being like blown away and earlier like actually we did drive we used to like drive up to bristol sometimes and we once did go to see the kills actually and and that was another show that was like for me and Bella, like an early time hanging out, like we went to see the kills. And since then we've actually also supported the kills in Europe and in America as well. So it's like these two bands that were like early experiences, (laughs) amazing shows we've gone on to support them. It's absolutely bizarre. And like, and yeah, the place where we saw Sleigh Bells is we recently headlined there on this UK tour in Brighton. And it was really strange to go back and be like, I remember going to this show and freaking out and like, it was the best show I'd ever seen. And like, now we're playing here and it is, it was, it's, it's been really spooky in those ways of like, you know, your idols becoming like your peers in that sense and becoming like, I think we've learned a lot from, from both the kills and sleigh bells and, and the cribs as well. You know, they were like one of our favorites as well. And we've, we've been able to play with over the past couple of years, but I think, yeah, it's been, I think with Sleigh Bells, they've definitely kind of taught us a lot about maybe looking after your body and like trying to be healthy. I think we definitely like have been kind of, it it feels like we've been kind of mentored by our idols in a sense over the last two but that, I mean, that, like, that, that really happens. So the fact that yeah, you, you yeah. got to not only meet them, but also play with them, that's such a different experience and connection to form. You know, yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that sense of camaraderie and knowing that you both are going on the stage, you know, and playing to the same fans with completely yeah, different music. Same feeling. I think the spirit yeah. is, is, is similar, especially with Sleigh Bells. 
But so did you, mm-hmm. did anybody impart any other knowledge other than obviously telling you to watch out and, and make sure that you take care of your body? Did anybody else give you any sort of advice about how to maybe uh, have a great relationship with touring as opposed to a lot of other bands who really struggle with it? I mean, I think I think maybe it's like a thing of like recently we also got to tour with Garbage oh, and my God. and Shirley Manson is also a major <laughs> icon to us. Yes, and I think with that it was, I think we, like I said, like we're we always like have a lot of gratitude for our entire situation in every respect, like completely. But I think the way we were treated on that tour by. Sh- Shirley but the whole crew Mm. it was just such a thing of respect and every every night they made us feel so welcomed and they were just like the sweetest most supportive people I think I think it's that thing of like they definitely inspired us to like I think that thing of being thankful and Mm. I think trying to support others and like just that the whole vibe they have is is just incredibly supportive and the whole message is just powerful and every night it was like yeah Shirley would say something that just felt like meaningful on stage like she Mm. she gave this amazing speech actually about mental health and I think yeah it's just that thing of yeah they're just a very special band and I think yeah I think it's that thing of they they just want to kind of honor their situation too and I think we can definitely take that from them but they're just obviously total legends and I think to see a band operate at that level and every night give it everything it was yeah it's amazing it was amazing Mm. 20 years paranoid 20 oh, no, years paranoid it's, it's Shirley, Shirley, I've interviewed her so many times and I'm so, I irritate her all the time because I just I gush like there's the, like I can't be cool around her there's no way she's, what, she's to be cool, cool to around her you know? she is and she her her laugh it like starts really soft <laughs> and then it, it doesn't build it just explodes there's no like me- medium between the different levels of her laughter <laughs> so it's just yeah. like haha and it's just the best thing yeah no she is she is definitely a force and especially getting the chance to be around that as as a a band who obviously are inspired by by somebody like her I, th- I can't even imagine how uh, transformative that's been for you as an artist but also just as a human being I'm sometimes a little bit obsessed not with pre-show rituals but the things that you do after a show oh, so uh, oh. <laughs> Is there anything that you do after a show that you find has become a routine? We normally go out for a little smoke and then we'll come in and, well, we normally towel off all the sweat from our faces, <laughs> necks, entire bodies. Yeah. But then we, I think it's like, it's really important to go and speak to people after the show. Like we'd normally, I think as well, like in terms of like this tour right now, it's it's a thing of like, we're still at a point where we can just about go and speak to people after a show and it's like not too dangerous. Like, most of the shows on this tour we've been able to do that and it hasn't been a thing where we've had to like worry about security or anything so okay. I think it's like making the most of being at that point and I think the same with the meetups is making the most of being at this point where we can directly engage with people like at a venue and it, and it isn't like too big of a deal that it's like dangerous or anything I think yeah going and chatting to people after the show is always like really cool and I think yeah it's it's really funny what some people have to say like last night there was this last night there was this guy in Amsterdam like he was absolutely incredible like this middle-aged guy with like a D&G like diamond choker necklace (laughs) and this dream I shot like he was a legend like but he he's basically like completely made my guitar but right-handed and I don't know how to explain this other than like it's literally like an absolute straight-up replica every single modification is exactly 
the same like it's a guitar that I've modified over three years yeah and he's got this brand new perfect right-handed version that he's just got on his wall in his house <laughs> did he show you photos or did you go yeah, he see? Okay. These pieces down he brought like these pieces of the guitar down for me to like sign oh and stuff gosh. but it was like I just freaked out but it was like stuff like that I think after a show there is a there's a really good energy with people sometimes and it can be super fun actually and I think we've we've learned how I think you learn how to do it without it being like super draining I think it's like that thing of like respecting like the energy you have to give as well but just I think going out and chatting to people still means 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 a lot to them so I think it's it's always really fun to do that while we can in this way if we're not doing meetups at a show before it's it's really great to just get a sense of the people that came down and stuff it's it's important for us to do that but it, it can totally get draining I, I I can't especially because everybody who has a little bit of creativity is a little bit spongy as well so there's that like need to repel and also yeah, get yeah. everything you can possible so how do you you mentioned security though have you ever had an issue with anybody no but or... i think for like for instance i'll show it i'll show in london right we did the other night it's like we couldn't we just couldn't have there's too many people too many people okay. for us to have, it would it's like i think it's a thing like where, where if the capacity is at a certain level like we obviously won't go out yes Okay, but, but at least yeah, you get to see uh, different, you know, facets of different fans because you get to absolutely. tour different venues and different yeah, exactly, countries. Exactly. It's making the most of that while we can, I think. And yeah, yeah, hopefully tonight we'll be able to go and chat to some people. But yeah, maybe yeah, somebody no, else has made something, <laughs> something similar. That's crazy because <laughs> yeah, I, just I can't believe, believe he that. did that. So is it because yeah. he obviously he's been following what you've been doing and how you've been modifying. I don't know how he, I don't know how he saw it. Like literally, ev- I don't know how to explain like every detail is the same. What? <laughs> what is he? Who are you, he's man? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I love that sense of dedication. Come on. It's just, there is something that people I think that's it. It's like, mm. I feel like our fans are like super, super fun people and really nice people. And I think as well, it's like really cool after a show, like chatting to people and maybe, especially kind of like younger girls and stuff. I think it's, it's cool when it's like, they're like, oh, maybe I'll start a band now. Or like, oh, do you think like, how, how should I start a band? Or like those kinds of things where it's like, you can tell people are taking something away where they just want to go and they want to go and do something too. And it's, it's really exciting. I think feeling like people feel like they can, they could do that too. And that's always a really great thing. But if, if somebody was wanting to start a band and came up to you and said, you know, how do I do it? What, what do you, how do you in such a brief moment tell them and inspire them to continue their passion? It's like, I think it's like literally a thing, even with the story of this band, it's like a thing of like, we just did it and we did it on our terms and we figured it out for ourselves. And we, I think we're still learning now. And it's like that acceptance. I think that you're always growing and learning and, and I think being open to ideas in that way, I think it's, it's kind of, it's just doing it. It's believing in yourself. And, and I think looking to those around you, like, I think for us, it's a major thing of like, we work with our friends primarily and there's a, we have an amazing community of people Mm. around us that, yeah, we collaborate with in be that on videos, even just touring, like the fact our friends with us now, like selling merch, it's, it's a thing of looking, looking to people around you and it doesn't matter if you haven't played an instrument, instrument before, just do it and just, just figure it out and, and support each other through that really. But yeah, I think it was, it was really exciting actually at the meetups when it was, maybe there'll be someone in the room that like play bass and there'll be someone in the room that like plays drums yeah and and slowly kind of maybe bands forming through that it was like yeah I think it's just a thing of doing it though ultimately I think it's trying to express you just have to try it out for yourself and don't have like set your own standards set your own standards 
This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble and we'd like to thank Billy Yost and the Kickback for our theme song, Rube, and buy their music at thekickbackband.com. Lexi Frame for the artwork, Daniel Brater and Dean Berger for the additional sound design, and the Consequence Podcast Network where you'll find a bunch of other amazing shows. listened this far why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on apple podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too for information on new episodes be sure to follow us on facebook twitter or instagram at tmbtgpod and generally just irritate everyone you know about the show thanks again and i miss you already Consequence Podcast Network.